This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. ...house uh, this morning. Um, over the last few weeks, we've had some fantastic speaking, haven't we? Yeah, it's gone from there, it's gone from there, it's gone to there, it's been reaching this pinnacle. I am the decoy. I am the one that takes you from there to there so the rest can build it up again uh, this morning. Um, so I'm going to be as quick as I can this morning, but yeah, we're not going to look at our watches. But I'm going to do a bit of trivia this morning. None of my family can answer this question, but I want you to tell me who this man is. Not my dad, no. Great grandfather, no. 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 You've got no idea, so I'll put you out of your misery. Mrs. Morgan at the back knows. It's a missionary. You are right. It's actually Robert Germain Thomas. Okay? Some of you may have heard of him, some of you may not have. This man is a Welshman who took the gospel to Korea at the age of 26, lost his wife uh, six months uh, 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 after reaching a Korea uh, uh, through childbirth. But he took the gospel, and his last Bible before he was beheaded, uh, he gave it to the man that chopped his head off. That man took it back. He wallpapered his house because obviously he couldn't afford wallpaper and used the Bible. People went there. They uh, read God's word on the wall, got saved, and that's how Christianity reached Korea. Do you know today there are 50 million people living in South Korea? And about two years ago they did the statistics. 29.2% of them are Christians. All because of one man who is from Wales who went to school in Sundavry College. That close to home. And that's how I know about it because I mentioned this to um, the head teacher or the warden of my children's school. And he celebrated his life. He decided it would be great to have some Koreans. So he went, the head teacher invited last month 20 to 30 Korean leaders and they came to the college and he celebrated the life and they had a worship service in the very chapel that he would have gone on a daily basis as a child. I thank God for teachers, and there's a, a number here, who are willing to go out on a limb to celebrate people like this. And this is the inspiration for my message this morning because the uh, head teacher, he um, likened Robert Germain Thomas to being a muscular Christian. Anyone know what a muscular Christian is? Sounds pretty good. I was hoping Ian would have been here this morning to tell us. So Ian Morgan, if you're listening on podcast this morning, we wish you were here to explain to us or maybe to go two weeks in a row without knowing something. Because last week he didn't know why goats had to be bathed or cooked or whatever it was in milk. Um, so, so if you're listening online, uh, it's a shame that you're not here this morning. But muscular Christianity is defined is a Christian commitment to piety or devotion and physical health, being itself 
basing itself on the New Testament, which sanctions the concept of character and well-being. It goes on, the movement came into vogue during the Victorian era and stressed the need for energetic Christian evangelism, Irwen. In combination with an ideal of vigorous masculinity. Historically, it was associated with the English writers Charles Kingsley and Thomas Hughes and in Canada, Ralph Connor. Though the name was bestowed by others, American President Theodore Roosevelt was raised in a household that practiced muscular Christianity. Muscular Christianity has continued itself through organizations and combined physical and Christian spiritual development. It's said that YMCA came out of this whole sort of uh, idea of muscular Christianity, Christians in sport. I know Dan went last week, is another organization that has come out of this. So my message, or if I had to put a title on my message this morning, is Muscular Christianity, Michael Morgan Version. Before I go on to my text this morning, I like the sound, as Mark has just mentioned, of muscular Christianity. I like the sound of muscular Christianity. I like the sound of muscular Christianity. It paints a picture, doesn't it, this morning? Yeah? There's one man is coming up on the, on the screen. That is... Uh, George Wilson, he's an American football player, and every time he goes out on the field, he's a man that believes in this muscular Christianity, and he prays every time when he goes out to the field. I like that idea. You see, I have this idea of this picture of muscular Christianity, and I have this idea of my Jesus, and it looks a little bit like this. You can laugh, but that's my Jesus. Is he your Jesus this morning? Being muscular. So I did think this morning I would do a little bit of test this morning and maybe keeping on this sort of fit muscular theme, I thought we should get Pastor uh, Philip this morning out to do some fitness against Fion. But Fion's not here this morning and time is against us. So you have been relieved this morning. Because you would have been whooped by your daughter. But my text this morning comes from uh, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. Before I read it, we've heard over the last few weeks about life's journeys, haven't we? Yeah, we heard from Andrea and I think it was Mary Martha at the tomb where Jesus came and they didn't see her and she had to turn to see Jesus. Yeah, she turned. Uh, Andrea even shared about um, Uh, change. If you want to change, and she made no apology about it, it was change. Like, sort yourselves out. That's basically what Andrea was saying, was get a grip. That's what women normally say. Pastor Phil said, it's okay to be not okay. And even last week, and my running buddy, Irwin, Yes, I run with a podcast. I knew how long I'd run because the distance of the, uh, of the, po- the length of the podcast. I made good time against you. It was good pace setting. Fantastic. But she talked about last week about Gideon, about making of a warrior. And uh, interesting how you pick little things out of stuff. And one thing that, or a couple of things that Irwin said last week was that he was ordained as a warrior before even seeing himself as a warrior, before even anyone else 
seen himself as a warrior. So each one of you this morning, you're a warrior. If you're feeling weak, if you're feeling low, if you're feeling dejected, whatever you're feeling, you're a warrior this morning. And that's what you've got to take on board. The other interesting thing that Irwin said last week was the fact that whilst you might think this message was for men last week, she specifically said it's for men and women. And whilst we might look at muscular Christianity being a man thing this morning, I'll tell you, it's for all of us this morning. Pastor Phil just said no more than two minutes ago about 9,000 women, and I can't, it wasn't warriors the word you used, but you said an army. He said they were an army. You, this message is for all of us. It's all encompassing. So Corinthians 6 verse 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were brought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Much prefer the message translation. It's simple, quite like me. And it says this, The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. So I'm going to continue where we turned and faced and we've changed. Yeah. And, and it's okay to be like freaky and not okay. Yeah. And we are going to be warriors this morning. So I'm going to sort of continue that about living our lives. And I'm going to keep to the fit theme this morning, muscular or whatever. And uh, something that is known in the uh, uh, fitness world, which uh, Martin will know nothing about. But uh, this morning is, is, and don't put this up on screen yet, it's hit. Anyone know what hit is and who's not allowed to answer? High intensity training. It's actually wrong. Anyone else tell me what it is? It's close, but it's wrong. No? Oh, high intensity. In, in, no, not intermittent. Nearly there. Wrong again. Interval training. Yours is better. You always think yours is better. Um, so I'm going to keep on that theme this morning, but it's Michael Morgan version. So I'm going to start with, you can put that that's up, you can start with H this morning. It's in his hands this morning. It's in his hands. Everything is in his hands. I thank God that, and I don't know if the way that I was dragged up, obviously maybe because my mother just said earlier in the service that she didn't care about going away to conferences and would just leave us on our own, being, you know, fending with my dad who couldn't cook bake beans um but i don't know if it's that i don't know if the way that i'm wired i don't know if the way that god has blessed me probably the way that god has blessed me i don't know whether it's, it's pastor phil who is my brother who has has helped me maybe along my journey but i tend to look at problems as opportunities yeah do you look at problems as opportunities actually it came to to sort of bing moment for me about a week ago when i was with a gentleman and he said you enjoy your problems don't you i said well no i don't he said no no you enjoy problems because you enjoy looking at them and trying to figure out a way through them or around them you see them as an opportunity that's what we're going to do church problems come our ways we've got to see them as opportunities Things come away. I pants myself just the same as everyone else. You know, people say things. 
People say things about you that you hear sometimes. Do you, do you like it? No, you don't like it. We don't like it when people say things behind our backs. You know, people hurt us. We don't like that. You know, we all get affected with illness. There's, there's loads of people who have been affected between illness or ill health or sickness. You know, uh, our own family, we lost my father to a brain tumor. We've all been affected in some way or form. Family issues, financial issues, life issues. I think somebody touched uh, uh, upon giving skirts away and all the rest of it and, and, and challenge over the conference with the ladies to, to, to give of what they have away. Remember one thing, that to whom much is given, much is required so you still have the same and i'll touch on money and i don't know why i'm doing this for a moment but if you have a lot of money god expects more from you but understand this it doesn't matter how little you have or how much you have do you know they have the same element of issues with money just they are bigger yeah just understand that this morning we all have those problems and those issues but you know corinthians 10 verse 13 says no temptation has overtaken you, except what is common to mankind. And I'll pause there for this moment, because I underlined this this morning. Accept what is common to mankind. It's going to happen, that's what he's saying. Issues are going to come, problems. And God is faithful, it continues. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. It's in his hands, church. You know, on Friday, um, I run this 10K multi-terrain three (laughs) parks run. Ruth, it wasn't a fun run, okay? I know you posted that on Facebook, as well, but I can assure you, and who will vouch for this, it was in no way a fun run when you've got to go 200 metres climb uh, in one run. Yes, yeah, it was worse than that. But, you know, I, 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 I seek the church for counsel on this, and I asked many people, I asked Peter Chalice, who's in the church this morning, and Peter said, yes, I'll come, but come Friday, where was he? Nowhere to be seen, jibbed out. I thought of asking Pastor Phil, but he's a bit of a sissy. He went to some girly conference uh, in, with 7,000 women in Leeds or something. But I asked one reliable rock in our church this morning, who was who? And who said, yes, I'll do it. His wife told me, make sure he has a heart attack first, so his critical illness pays out and dies after, so we get life insurance. But apart from that, he was there all the way with me. We encouraged each other. We practiced together. We didn't sing together, Mark. Um, but we did loads of, and. You know, I think it was a week before last we were talking and uh, running the same time. Well, I was doing the talking, he was doing the breathing. Um, (laughs) And I'm one of those people that tends to use points to actually psychologically get it into my brain. So I run to uh, two lampposts. And I think once I get to that lamppost, then I'll run to the other two lampposts. And if there are no lampposts, I will run until the yellow lines come to a, an end. And I will always do like that. That's why I was talking to Mark this morning. I can't do gyms on a stupid treadmill all along. I feel like a lemming if I was on that all the time. Um, I have to have these points that make it interesting. 
And last year when I started doing a little bit of running, because uh, I entered into some other stupid race before I injured myself, um, I went for a run with my wife. No, no, it's worse than that. I went for a run with my wife. And so I ran down and I told Sharon, I've got to go to the end of the road and I have to hit the sign. That was my point. I had to hit the sign. So I was running, Sharon being weak, female, feeble, uh, I mean, sorry. Um, she decided to run halfway and then back and she had the water bottle. So I ran to the sign and then I told myself, well, I'll run back until I see Sharon and I'll grab the water bottle and have a drink then. Little did I know, she turned around halfway, and probably when that, that thought was going through my brain, she was already home. <laughs> and I had to run all the way home on an uphill incline all the way. I run with all my might. But Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. I tell you what, I run with all my might last year, that particular thing. But church, we make decisions each day. We make right decisions. We make wrong decisions. Do you know we have to live with those decisions, those life consequences that we have made? Because church, he's in control. It's in his hands. And I think what I'm going to try and convey this morning with this sort of muscular Christianity is we just need a man up. We just need to woman up and understand that it's in his hands. We have to work through it. We have to go around it. We have to go under it. We have to go over it. We have to figure out some way of dealing with it because I am what I am. And the saying that seems to be about these days, it is what it is. And understand it's in his hands. And we're actually not going to whinge and mourn and complain. It doesn't matter how bad the problem is or how high the problem. And I'm not degrading what issues that we may be going through. But it gets to a point where we have to draw a line in the sand. And I believe that possibly today, if you haven't already made it, is a time to draw a line in the sand and say, right, how can I deal with this and get out of it? Because he's with me and he's going to help me because it's in his hands. I, this morning, is for inspiration. Inspiration is divined as the process of being mentally stimulated or do, uh, uh, to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. Let God inspire you. Let God inspire you to grab hold of that circumstance or that problem or that issue and help you see it as an opportunity. See what you can make of it. You know, fitness is something that I've had this great idea since leaving school of what it is. 25, 30 years. I've had this great concept okay and i hear stories you know from mark watkins you know how he goes to the gym and he he still plays football doesn't look too bad for 61 um <laughs> isn't he just amazing but i do admire mark 
because he can go to the gym. I just can't do it. I just can't go to the gym. So it's boring, honestly. I, if you all go to the gym, I'm sorry, you're just boring. Yeah? Um, I just don't get it. So last Christmas, I, or, or uh, before last Christmas, I had this idea of, um, I told Sharon, I can't go to the gym. Maybe I should get a personal trainer. So I thought, oh, that's a great idea. Christmas comes. I open a lovely envelope for my wife. It's a personal trainer for four months. Fantastic. Pause. My idea of a personal trainer, she's about this high. She's slim. She's blonde. And she's very pretty. Okay? I'm just, be- I'm just saying it as it is this morning. What do I get? A rugby player who's old, cauliflower years... Yeah? And treats me like I'm scum. Yeah? You know, get on with it. You know, but I, I went on this and, and, and I, 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 four months and we, we, we met at eight o'clock in the morning in the gym and I get free membership. If I bought personal trainer, you get free membership. Just thought I'd tell you. Saves a little bit of money. Um, uh, <laughs> So I go and I turn up at 8 o'clock and, then, and he's there training somebody else. So he comes to me after the warm-up at about 5 past. And then it starts encroaching into my day. So I decide, well, maybe I should go earlier. So I asked him to go earlier and I say, okay, 7 o'clock in the morning. I turn up at 7, he turns up at 10 past. Okay, give him a week off. Next week I turn up, he turns up at 10 past. And I said, look, you know, it's 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I was late this morning. Okay, I won't be late next week. Next week turns up quarter past. So this starts like frying my brain, okay? And so it's continually going and dry. Oh, it's doing my head. And so I tell him and I tell him and I tell him. And in the end, I have to turn around to him and say, look, I've got to stop. I just can't cope with this anymore. My brain can't cope with it. The fact that he was always late. But it did one thing. It inspired me. It gave me inspiration to do something on my own. And you know, it's the same with our Christian lives. It is no different. Find something, find someone that will inspire you. It could be the pastor. It could be the youth leader. It could be your plus group leader. It could be somebody in your plus group. But church, find someone that will inspire you. Not drag you down. Give them an absolute wide berth. Yeah? Find somebody to inspire you. It could be me. Don't answer that, please. Yeah? (laughs) To inspire you. Colossians says, And whatever you do, whether in word or to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Find that person that inspires you, that drives you, that helps you get closer to him, that helps you inspire to be more like him. On Friday, I did the three parks run, just got to say it again, all-terrain Ruth challenge. And who inspired me? I hope I inspired him as much as he inspired me. But him, you inspired me to drive, to strive, and to run. Church, it's all in his hands. Find some inspiration from somebody. Thirdly, intensity. I apologize for this one. I trust we haven't got any in ABC, and that's intense people. They are a nightmare. How many people do you know who's dumped a girl or dumped a guy? Mark, Leanna, don't do this, yeah. Because they are too intense. It's like you talk to them and go, I can't, I can't do it, I've got to dump him. They just like do my head in. Yeah? Intense people. 
I, my wife gets annoyed, uh, uh, not that often, at me, but she thinks I'm doing all or nothing, because that's why I'm wired. And she just thinks I should start off slow, but I can't. It's like I entered a 10k run, and as I said to Mark, just had to get that all terrain in. Um, it's a 10k run that's not on the flat, yeah? And it's the hardest one in this neck of the woods, you know. And Sharon just thinks that you should have started with a Mambi Kapambi one down Mumbles on the flat, yeah? But it's all or nothing. Um, to her, I'm probably a little bit too intense, maybe. But I have to be doing something. I'm wired that way. Maybe I am the intense one in ABC. <laughs> Don't agree, please. But we have to do everything in balance and in order. If I was going to run a 26-mile marathon, I wouldn't start off by running a 26-mile marathon to train. Not even Ian Morgan goes up the mountain for months on end and comes down for two days for civilization. Mind you, he does live in the Amman Valley. There isn't much civilization there. <laughs> But Christians fall into the same issue sometimes of being intense. Ladies who come back from a conference, please excuse me for a moment. But some people, they are just so intense about God, about Jesus, about going to conference, about going and listening to the worshipping conference. They go from conference to conference. They listen to the worship of that conference. They come home and then they, they re iterate all the conference in their brain and then they go and if they can't do that then they watch the conference on the god channel all over again that's all they do they're a bit too intense my dad had a word for these people they were too heavenly for any earthly good they were just too intense there is nothing wrong with conferences okay they are very very good but sometimes people are just too over the top yeah, yeah? Give them a wide berth. We don't need intense people. We just need normal people. Normal, muscular, fit Christians. That's what we want. We need to approach our faith with intent rather than intensity. We need to approach our faith with intent. Ruth said, book today for next year's conference with intent, she said. She didn't know what I was speaking on this morning. We need to apply hit to our Christian lives. We need to do everything in balance. High intensity interval training, it's about hitting heart, short distances or exercises and then pausing for a while. Actually, the ladies have done a hit this morning. They have actually gone to conference. They've Hit that hard conference. And you know this week they're going to just mellow and relax. And they're going to ponder on what they've learnt and how God is going to apply them to our lives. That's why we only have church on a Sunday. If we had church every day of the week, it, it, it wouldn't be the same, would it? Yeah, That's why we have plus groups once a week. That's why God wants us to come aside and read our Bibles. Not all day, but just for a while. It's all about being intentional, not being intense about it. So it's in his hands. It's inspiration. It's intensity. And fourthly and lastly, it's T for transformation. Yeah, come on. 
There is plenty of pictures of people who have gone to the gym. We don't want of Mark, but I do have one of some others this morning because Mark didn't lose enough weight. But HIT uh, training is a bit like this. So you see, this is Bethan. I know her. See, impressed. This is local knowledge here. That's what she looks like after one year. And this is Reese, and he's done 12 weeks of training. Um, I don't have an up to, up to date picture, but you know him, do you? <laughs> so, transformation in the dictionary is defined as a marked change in form, nature, and appearance. I think there's a marked change there. You know, plenty of people have reported that um, psychologists and doctors have said that true change of someone's personality or their character only actually comes through one thing, and that's salvation. That's asking God into their hearts and lives. You could take the hardest criminal. You can take the hardest person in life and show them Jesus. And they are completely different people. It's quite interesting. Uh, about a year ago, I had a, a person who called in to my office, and he was from the army and started talking about this, that, and the other. Found out that he had just left uh, the army. He was in the SAS. And I said to him, so did you happen to know a guy called Mark Davis? And uh, so, so he says, oh, Mark Davis. My, yeah, the name rings a bell. I said, actually, his nickname in the army was Canada. I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew him. He was my trainer. And he paused for a moment, and the first thing he said to me was, is he still into that God stuff? And I said, yeah, yeah, he is. I, I don't think he'd put it that way, God stuff, I says, or religion. And he says, do you know, he says, I was there when he became a Christian, and he became a changed man. Now, for somebody to say that randomly out of the blue, Mark doesn't even know this, I haven't, shared, I haven't seen him since to tell him. But true transformation, because Corinthians says, and we all who with, with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Transformation is becoming more Christ-like. It's all about becoming more Christ-like. As Andrea put on Facebook this week on a comment that I said it's about being not just a hearer of God's word, but a doer of God's word. Now, if you haven't already over the last few weeks taken what the ministry of this church has done, and you haven't applied it, you know, as I finish today, maybe today is the time where you actually just apply it. You just take it, you man up, you woman up, get a bit of muscular sort of, oh, that oomph about you in our lives, you know? I'm, I'm going to finish with a clip in a moment, but I want us to take one thing back, which has been a bit of a theme this morning in the service, and if we forget anything today, can we remember one thing? And Andrea, uh, and, uh, Iron hit the nail on the head, is to enjoy the journey. Is to have fun, I think you said it. I actually have it as enjoy the journey. To have fun, to enjoy it. You know, go skydiving for Jesus. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah? But to 
enjoy the journey. Can we do that, church? Can we enjoy the journey that we're on? Because troubles come, problems come. God says that he won't do anything that you can't handle because it's all in his hands. We have his inspiration. If you go on to the next slide, I'll go back a slide. He inspires us. It's not intensity. And be transformed this morning. I'm going to finish with a clip that Mark has shown a few times. And it really typifies, and sorry I've gone on a little bit longer than I should have. It really typifies this morning what Christianity to me should be about. This is a clip of Gladiator, if you've ever seen it. And where he has gone through uh, being a, a top warrior in the army. And he has been... Uh, thrown one side uh, uh, they've killed his 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 family his wife his children they've burned his house down they've done everything he's been thrown into slavery and all through it he strives at every corner if you watch the film and he he tries to get to one point where he's trying to sort it all out and it gets to this last crescendo and i want to finish with this because this is like real uh, muscular Christianity because I want to be like this guy. I'd love to be like this guy this morning. Can we watch this for a moment? is well-deserved, Spaniard. I don't think there's ever been a gladiator to match you. As for this young man, he insists you are Hector Reborn. What's it, Hercules? Why doesn't the hero reveal himself and tell us all your real name? You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! Will you remove your helmet and tell me your name? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next
This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 59 6000.